what exactly is COP26 and what should Africa expect from this climate talks that ended a few weeks ago? To put this into perspective, I have Mr. Haron Kiogora from the Global Compact Network Kenya to help us understand the correlation between COP26 and SDG7. Karibu sana, Mr. Haron. Thank you very much, Zedi, and uh, I'm very glad to be in this session. COP, as it is, is conference of parties where the global leaders and to sit down so that they can debate on material policy issues and the issues that need to be discussed so that the world can be able to achieve the climate change aspiration of lowering the temperatures below 1.5 degrees Celsius. COPs are started way in COP1 and it has been progressively through the United Nations framework on climate change so that we can be able to discuss various global policies and the framework. Should we care about COP26? COP26 was a very serious defining moment because we wanted the global leaders to come together to make decisions that are actionable, that can be able to be implemented in their own economies for purposes of reversing this kind of trend. If we continue with the same trend, we are hinging to 2.7 degrees Celsius which is quite uh, alarming. And uh, you know, behold, 2%, this is a dead toll, we'll be able to experience more of extreme weather states. Could you please tell us who were the co-attenders at COP26? What was their assignment with a bias to energy? Yeah, thank you very much, Zedi. Again, delegates are always drawn from the member state countries uh, where the hands of state come for purposes of policy adoption and commitment to show what their countries are doing. We also had scientists and climate experts. Also, we had negotiators. We have the civil society representatives. As you rightly said, is that whenever we have all these elements, including the private sector players, they are keen on these four main campaign areas of adaptation, resilience, and nature, energy transition, and even climate clean, road transport, and financing. Thank you so much for those insights. You have also mentioned the energy transition, which was one of the main focal points at the climate talks. What is the relevance of COP26 to the SDG7 ambition, since this was termed as the last chance to save humanity? And uh, we know climate change and energy are some of today's most dominant topics. Discussions about climate change started well. We had the Kyoto Protocol that was even developed in Japan in 1997, that really wanted some developed countries to commit. But it was not a very easy implementable tool because the highly developed countries felt that they are being probably coerced to move their resources towards the less developed countries. But then we saw in COP7 that um, in the year 2001, a code was established to give some implementation rules of the same, which really called for common but differentiated responsibilities, principle to be triggered so that everybody make their contribution. But because the developed countries have a higher mandate in introducing their greenhouse gas emissions, we had to task them to do so by putting effective measures, technologies, and even funding of such a, like investment. But then 
we had a challenge with the Kyoto Protocol as it were, because it was flexible, it was not mandatory, it was not legally binding. So even mechanisms that were put on the rights of emissions trading were not effectively implemented and we could be able to have challenges. Even the clean development mechanism and joint implementations, which for sure were worthy channels of ensuring that actions are taken, were not enforceable, you know, future-proof, so to speak. The nationally determined contribution that were established by the Paris Agreement came into force so that now everybody gets a part to play, including individuals and the private sector players as well. We know fossil fuel has been traditionally used as the primary source of uh, fueling, powering economies in the world. But then we have seen that uh, with the, these natural resources being used, they cause a lot of pollution. So transitions to show that we want electric mobility, to see that we adopt more generation of energy from clean sources needed support policy-wise, and even global commitment. And that's why COP26 was a defining moment to say that it's not just for once, but implementation and actions so that uh, we can be able to reverse this projection of warming. As a certified environmental expert, I'd just like to get your opinion on my previous questions. Since you have already said we came from Kyoto, in 1997, we came to the Paris Agreement in 2015, and now we were at the COP26. Have we made any tangible progress or have we gotten any tangible results from previous sessions and from this most recent session to keep pushing forward? Please speak to this. We are making progress, and I can uh, confidently say that uh, what the Secretary General of the United Nations required is that business leaders and even head of state should come up with the tangible results. For instance, we saw some business ambition for 1.5 degrees status report launched within the COP26, showing how 1045 companies were making progress or celebrating their 2.5 years of campaign and making concerted efforts to ensuring that they mainstream their activities to one's path for net zero. We also saw that we had the first world net zero standard launched during the COP26. We also saw announcement of just transition by Think Lab, which is led by the International Labour Organization. We also saw that UN Global Compact Accenture CEO standard report was launched to show that over 1,200 CEOs across the globe or in over 130 countries and in over 21 industry levels, showing their authentic perspective on the private sector contribution to climate change. We saw a roadmap to integrate offshore renewable energy into climate smart marine spaceship plan, also launched within this COP26. We saw again in water hand that there was a partnership between water resilient coalition and UNICEF, showing how members and companies would be able to uh, sign the water resilient coalition and make a plan to efficient use of these natural resources. And finally, I can also confirm that I saw also again water resilient coalition 20 that roadmap launched within this kind of uh, forum. There is some good progress being realized. Thank you. 
so much, Mr. Kiyogoya. My focus is drawn to money because money really runs the world. And developed countries had a target of contributing $100 billion to this city as of 2009. But as of 2021, they still hadn't met these targets. And so this has been pushed to 2023. I'd like to know, in your opinion, are we making progress and are these goals attainable or are they just aspirational, considered that the money hasn't been put together yet and you're still struggling to meet these deliverables from developed countries? The climate finance was a serious matter because, again, all these uh, initiatives cannot be achieved without some investment in aid. COVID-19 has taught us that Climate change is a global challenge. It requires global interventions that are able also to affect our economical money and funds flows. We need also to activate the central banks of the world being considered as gatekeepers of financial sector to appreciate and acknowledge that there is need to activate the financial institutions and more so banks to finance low-carbon transitions, projects, and development. Is that progress towards providing a fair share of climate finance to developing countries? What came out of these talks? Because going into it, there was a lot of grumbling over this, especially from African countries, and this was a task for negotiators going into this. Did we get better terms from the talks as Africa? Africa emits to less than 4% of global greenhouse gas emissions. And they suffer the most into these extreme weathers, fighting over resources which are driven cuts of extreme weather changes. So for effective climate change management, the West needed to support and be willing to do the compensation for the kind of contribution that they are making to the global good. We need just transition because we are forced by these twin challenges of development and climate change. The West that developed higher using unclean methods, they should be able to give the compensation that is so required for the developing countries and more so within Africa. In your opinion, have we made progress towards more equity as Africa coming from COP26? Yeah, the transition to renewable energy in Africa has been very progressive and impressive, so to speak, and more so in the last decade. We have seen many countries working towards increasing their renewable energy capacities. Like if you look at in Kenya and in Kenyan, I think over 70% of our resources, they are uh, renewable sources of, of our energy. We have also seen um, a focus that have been made by the International Renewable Energy Agency indicate that we are in the right direction. We have the right policies, the regulations. We are doing very well to show that Sub-Saharan Africa could be able to meet their 67% of its energy needs by 2030. Those shows some good transition for the African countries, we have been able to adopt these cleaner sources of energy overall within Africa. I know South Africa has started trying to move to a renewable energy economy. 
South Africa is one of the biggest economies in Africa, and yet they're powered by coal. Their yeah. budget was around $8 billion going into COP26, and they got takers for that budget, including UK, US, Europe. But it's not only South Africa. There are other countries that are still very heavily reliant on fossil fuels. How is Africa doing towards transition to renewable energy? Factoring in financing, because that still is the main hurdle towards this transition to renewable energy. Africa is at a crossroad where they still require development and they know uh, they have also resources that they can use. They also require money and most of the development organizations, again, they are very keen on reviewing any potential funding project to adhere to the environmental, social, and good governance kind of criterion, which uh, these unclean kind of uh, development pathways cannot pass, and that they cannot be able to attract those uh, investments. So funding is very critical to start this kind of development. If at all the development partners cannot be able to fund us in the unclean pathway, so to speak, they should be able to fund us in the clean development because we have also that option. They have also caveats for our ESG uh, correct positioning for any fundable project, including GCF-funded projects. The financing needs to be more elevated. We need to see the banks that have been accredited and other international organizations accredited to operate within Africa. We need to see the project on the ground because that is what will attract resources in this part of the world. What, in your opinion, will be key in the transition to a climate resilient economy for Africa? Most of our African countries, they are members of the United Nations. This means that they are agreeable to those global frameworks. They are committed to development in a low carbon way. So what we require is that resources need to be channeled to Africa for this low carbon emission development pathway to be achieved, more so with urgency, because climate change is a time-bound calamity. We need to get more resources. We need to get more private sector players. In that way, we'll be able to develop a climate-resilient economy for Africa. Thank you, Mr. Haran, for this very insightful talk. I'd just like for you to share with our listeners where can they engage you if they need more information on this? Thank you very much, Zendi. My name is Haran and I work for Global Compact. Global Compact is the largest corporate sustainability network globally. This is an ecosystem where you can learn the ropes really on corporate sustainability with support from experts. We have over 70 local networks across the group. Reach us uh, through the email info at globalcompactkenya.org. On a personal merit, you can be able to check me on LinkedIn. Thank you.